0: Welcome to Upward Dogology, where I retrain your brain and introduce you to the world of cognitive behavioral therapy for dogs over the age of six months. In this episode, I take you through the journey of Buttons and Jane. Following that is the snippets piece, which is on a trending movement called the Fear Free Movement. Hello, I'm Billy Groom, your host, creator of Upward Dogology and successful dogologist for over two decades. This is the first episode after the five part mini series, which included a short trailer and four full episodes. If you did not listen to those, you may want to do that since I refer to the information in that mini series throughout the following episodes. Welcome to the journey of my client Jane and her dog Buttons. Buttons was adopted by my client Jane when Buttons was about 8 years old. The breeder no longer wanted her as a breeding machine. Jane had Buttons about 9 months when she hired me. Jane's main concern was Buttons messing in the home. This is common with dogs from a breeder, even with puppies from breeders, or dogs kept in cages either indoors or outside, or dogs from pet stores for the places that still allow dogs to be sold in pet stores. The reason messing in the home is a common problem is because they are in a confined area that allows them to mess in that area. So there might be papers down. And that is what they learn. They learn that basically when their brain triggers that they need to pee or poo, then they can just pee or poo wherever they are. They have no reason to indicate to a person that they need to go outside or to a different area. In this Particular situation, not with all breeders, Buttons was not allowed to roam around the home, so she spent most of her life in a penned area. The breeder considered her to be house trained because she went on newspaper, but technically the newspaper was everywhere, so she had no choice. Buttons really had no other issues because she did nothing nothing wrong and nothing right. She really did nothing. Anyone could pick her up. She didn't react, she wasn't overly happy or anxious or scared. She didn't really walk anywhere, not because of fear, but because she didn't really know the concept of a walk or why she would go on a walk. Also, she's four pounds, so it's pretty easy for Jane to just carry her everywhere. Jane tried common advice for house training, such as crating. Crate training in this case makes no sense because buttons would just mess in the crate. Buttons has no problem messing on the papers in her X-pen in Jane's home, but this does not correlate over to not messing in the home when she is roaming freely around the home. Applying operant conditioning, which I spoke about in the first full episode of the miniseries, was ineffective due to Buttons' concealed or repressed personality. She just doesn't care either way. She doesn't compute praise or correction. So, the long route and common approach applied by positive reinforcement trainers would be to get buttons to like positive reinforcement. This would include forced rewards, which I discussed in the second full episode. Buttons responding to praise should not be forced. It should be a result of reaching the cognitive side of the brain. One of the approaches of upward dogology is segregate, correlate, eliminate. I talk about this in my book. In this case, we can correlate all of her behaviors. She is the same everywhere for everything in the home. I asked Jane in the first session if there were any routines or situations where Buttons shows excitement. Yes, feeding time. Buttons became so excited she twirled in little circles, which was enormously cute. This became our best and possibly only teaching opportunity in the first session. Although the reward was contrived, the spinning provided us with an opportunity to teach basic exercises that changed Button's perception of Jane, increased their bond, and stimulated the cognitive side of her brain. In many cases, the dog is already thinking cognitively, and we need to harness that. In this case, we need to find that side of the brain. Buttons immediately began began indicating to Jane when she needed out. This was not a forced indicator meaning we did not use food or convince buttons to go outside it had nothing to do with the house training we used the feeding opportunity to change buttons perception of jane jane learned to be aware and watch for potential indications from buttons that she needed to go out buttons never messed in the home again additionally Jane noticed Buttons was more responsive to other people, was more affectionate, and outgoing. This provided us with more teaching opportunities, allowing us to progress from having Buttons being uncomfortable on walks, or simply not really feeling the need for them, to being comfortable on walks and in new environments. This change in Buttons' personality was a result of reaching the cognitive side of her brain. We didn't convince her to like them. We provided her with the skills to make that decision on her own. The exercises, how they are taught, and the commands applied are individual to each dog. For more information on how you can learn Upward Dogology, please visit my website www.upwarddogology.com. The snippet is about the fear-free movement. In a nutshell, the fear-free movement was created by Dr. Marty Becker, who is a vet in Colorado and the author of many books on positive reinforcement training. Vet clinics can take the course to acquire the certification, allowing them to present their clinic as a fear-free clinic. In other words, they use treats and other positive reinforcements to help make the dog's experience in the clinic easier, more comfortable, and less stressful. Some positive reinforcement trainers also take this course and or use the term to help define themselves and their techniques as positive. The goal of veterinarians is to complete a task with as much ease and little stress as possible. For this reason, treats and positive reinforcements are often successful in achieving their goal. Many vet clinics refer me and I will accompany my clients with them on their vet visits. By combining the skills my clients learned with the fear-free approach at the clinic, it often goes a lot better then visits my client's head prior to hiring me and prior to the fear-free movement coming into place. The fear-free movement is great for addressing the behavior in the moment because that is the situation vets are in. My goal is different than that of clinics. My goal is to address the reason for the stress or anxiety or aggression, which is normally the reason for applying fear-free techniques at a clinic. This in turn allows the dog to no longer feel the need to do the unwanted behavior at the clinic and other places. Upward Dogology is fear-free and positive in the sense that it is non-physical, dogs like it, and it is reward-driven, but unlike the techniques used in positive reinforcement training and the fear-free movement, Upward Dogology does not address the problem in the moment using contrived rewards. Please follow me on Instagram, Upward Dogology, and on my Facebook page, which highlights my clients both hands-on and remotely. That is Doglogic Behavioral Rehabilitation. There are a few Doglogic pages, so make sure to get the right one. My LinkedIn is Billy Groom. If you are interested in working together or becoming a certified Upward Dogologist, you can visit my website, UpwardDogology.com. My book, The Art of Urban People with Adopted and Rescued Dogs Methodology, is available through Amazon, most ebook retailers, and my publisher, Freezen Press. The music in this podcast series is generously provided by the Jeff Murtik Band off the album Outrun the Sunrise. They are a funky reggae blues band from Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. You can check them out on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy your learning journey.